And we are good. Julio, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Dude, happy to see you, man. It's been it's been too long. Long time. Long time. Yeah. Where where did they, they had you in North Carolina this year, right? North Carolina, yep. What part? Kinston, North Carolina. I've never heard of it until now. <laughs> it's like uh 30 minutes from Greenville, where okay. North Carolina is. Okay, North gotcha. North Nice. And then you just, they send you the spring training complex afterwards, or did you just come right back here? Uh, We went, yeah, we had to go to the complex in Arizona right after because we had an instructional weekend. Gotcha. So I just literally, because we ran into the playoffs, we were there a week. So yeah. It wasn't too bad. Dude, how was the atmosphere though, dude? World World Series champs. I bet that was awesome with the organization. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to explain, man. It yeah. was like, it was awesome because right the team flew us out. We had a plus one, um, and got to take my wife. And it just again, I've been to a lot of baseball games, but that was just was unreal good. experience. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, my dad. He, I was telling. I think I was telling you about this last Friday, but my dad just randomly. I tried calling him, and he's like, "I'm a little busy." And then he's at Game Seven of the ALCS <laughs> in Houston, and I was like, "Oh, sick, yeah. sick! I love that." So it's nuts. Yeah, but that's that's sick that they flew you out and everything. Yeah. Getting, but you also mentioned that getting like airline tickets out there was yeah, it was expensive. <laughs> I mean, I just checked on my own just to look, and it was like literally from ten minutes before they won to right after they won, it went up like at five six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, crazy, dude. Instructs though. I want to ask you about instructs. You get to work with like because I think I've I asked you about this earlier. Like, I think I had an interview for school like a year or so ago, and you were talking about you get to work with all the guys right out after they get drafted, right? Because yeah. I think you said you worked with Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I necessarily worked with them, <laughs> but they, I mean, they're present, yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so like instructs, it's generally um, – it's for the younger guys, or that's what it's shifted to mm-hmm. uh, now uh, due to obviously the whole CBA and things like mm-hmm. that, but – um it shifted to kind of the younger group it's more of a development phase four to six weeks just depending on how long they run the camp but yeah mostly every draft guy right after the draft goes to instructional league and obviously they're a part of it and all that yeah how, how, what do you think a lot Wyatt Langford yeah. I don't know have you probably <laughs> the whole package yeah man I mean it's he's everything you could probably ask for in a first round pick yeah you're telling me he's a pretty large statue stature he's a physical human being yes great kid baseball junkie from everything that i've heard was uh i mean when your field coordinator's raving about you know him talking during a rookie ball game after he got drafted Mm -hmm. that's uh probably speaks pretty highly of the kid a future franchise player right there yeah Yeah, it'd be awesome to see we actually i wanted to tell you about this because speaking of just stature so one of our one of the new guys that just started named Sammy uh, Natra, Natra, right? If I'm pronouncing that right, but he's with the Angels organization. He was in Double A right now. He went to New Mexico State and got drafted. Um, I want to say two years ago. I don't know, but he's moving fast. And I was talking to him yesterday, um, and he's already projected to debut next year. That's what they told him at least. Okay. But when I introduced myself to him, I shook his hand like, "Give me your hand." His fingers went to like there on me. And he's only a few inches tall. He's like six three, six four, probably. Lanky guy though. But I was like, my God, yeah. just the specimen. And I, uh, the, this ties into one of the things I wanted to ask you about, which was like, what's the biggest difference that you've seen between like the big leaguers and the minor league guys? Because I've seen some stuff on Twitter, and I just want to know if it's true. I mean, I, 
you could sure you could argue stature, but I mean everyone's for the most part pretty yeah. big. Mm-hmm. Um that they're just more they're more refined into knowing what they need. Okay. And how they do things. Gotcha. Uh, and they're pretty stubborn to it. Yes, they're coachable. Yes, they adapt, but they know who they are and what they need to be successful and that they, they don't they don't back away from it. Mm-hmm. Like uh I mean, just if you want to go into like right, Jacob DeGrom, Nate Evaldi, like yeah. two pitchers in our organizations, like DeGrom moves is like he is literally the the poster board of like try to move that way. And it's like well, not everyone's gonna be able to <laughs> exactly 99% of the baseball community can't. Yeah. And then Nate Evaldi does a lot of things where it's we're probably against it in terms mm-hmm. of like the delivery, but it works, right? Yeah. And everybody's unique, everybody's different. And he's gone through the ups and downs through his career of like being hurt and uh having to battle back and multiple arm injuries. And he's just found something that works for him. And it goes against pretty much everything a biomechanics report would probably tell you. But mm-hmm. I yeah. think those guys are just fine-tuned into what they do. Well, the the post I saw, and it was uh, it was a it was a coach um, that's worked with a few teams, and he said the biggest difference that he saw was the minor leagues are like guys that haven't made it to the league yet. They're genetic specimens, like they're giant, everything like that. And then you get into a big league clubhouse, and yeah, they're like spe- like they they're unique and everything. He said, but they look more normal than a lot of guys. Yeah. But they just figured out how to get shit done yeah. and be good when it when it matters. Oh yeah. So and I think a lot of guys. Uh, I always have this conversation with guys, especially here at the facility. They always get obsessed with constantly training and trying to make themselves better. But then once they get to a certain point, dude, you still got to get out there and compete. That's the whole point of all this training and everything is still being able to compete. Yeah. Do you guys have do you have to deal with anything like that? Or is it more do you guys try to shift your focus when you're developing these guys to all right, we're we're here to win. Let's get let's get some I think it's a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um because especially in the minor leagues, like the reality is they look like normal guys in the big leagues, but they have the tool that the other guy doesn't have, yeah. or it's more refined, or it's usable in game. A lot of guys have the tool in a facility, but when the lights come on and somebody standing 60 feet six inches away right it gets a little tight kind of freak out a little bit so i i think the the biggest thing is like finding that happy medium especially in the minor leagues lower levels and even up to double a triple a like you're still working on refining something but obviously like you gotta perform like no Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i don't care what anyone says like if you don't perform you have no chance like yeah that's just the reality um if you can find me a guy that didn't the only one i can think about it's not even a pitcher probably manny machado he kind of struggled a little bit in the minor leagues and they still just kept pushing him which was fine like he was a baby giraffe at the time mm-hmm. but the rest of the guys it's just there's just a performance element that you can't take away from it so it's finding that happy medium in season in the off season the tough part what one of our old coordinators calls it training mode um Cause you get guys like that come to spring training or trying to make a club and you can tell it's like, they're still stuck in like a, my, uh, facility mindset. Like they're just trying to send it all the yeah, time. They're trying to send it or it's like, Hey, I just threw a pitch to the backstop. But like, what, what were the metrics on that? And it's like, <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. All right. Yeah. Like you just threw in the other batter's box. And I, if I hear a chain link fence, it's probably not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, 
that's the big thing. It's you got to find that happy medium because you still have to develop 100%. But right. when it comes time to it, it's can you perform? Because mm-hmm. the best performers are the ones that are going to eventually get promoted. Well, I, I was talking to Braden yesterday. So yesterday I did a podcast with Ethan, you know, Ethan Atkinson. Oh, yeah. you, you remember him? Oh, yeah. Um, and he was Braden through a bullpen. And afterwards he was like, oh, man, that was bad. And I was like, why? And he was like, I just I wasn't in the zone. And the only pitch I was able to really land was my slider. And I was like, okay, well, when was the last time you threw off the mound? It was like three, two and a half, three weeks ago. So it was your first bullpen back, like after a good break. Yeah. Hey, that happens, man. Like even our other, our pitching coach, Drew, uh, Drew Marufo, he said like, well, when, when do you guys start playing? He's like, February 18th. Like, would you rather be dialed in now or on February 18th? He's like, this thing, this stuff takes time, man. Mm -hmm. And you got to just work on it every single day. But yeah, it's, it's a hard thing, especially in the train like area, just, because all those guys and I've dealt I've done that before I'm guilty I'm definitely guilty of that getting obsessed with chasing the numbers and everything like oh, yeah. that and recent in the recent years I've learned to just not really care even on the days when I don't have my best stuff I'm like well I'm still on the mound I still have to get the job done some some way somehow oh yeah but that's I mean you, you see that everywhere and I, I've dealt with it with you guys before yeah. it's you will like probably all those guys I've dealt with it um it's I, I it's understanding what you need out of your day, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when we threw the sides the other day at Coronado, it's like, what was the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. Is it just a throw and, like, look at the Rapsodo every now and then and say, like, is that good? Or is it like, okay, like, it's my first or second bullpen. Like, I need to just find the zone consistently. I need to feel right in my delivery. Maybe, like you did, kind of taper back a little bit in terms of intent. And just kind of find the zone. And then as you slowly ramp up, again, it's, you go through velo phases, strength phases. Like, it's like, oh, I, want, I want to see, you know, I want to win the race. And it's like, well, you still got two months before you right. play a game, bub. Like, that's going to show up because you put in the work. But right now, it's refining something else. Yeah, when I when I threw last week with you, the one thing I really missed was just like the simplicity of a lot of the things that you talk to guys about when they're throwing. Because – you know, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches I've seen, they'll just start throwing shit at guys nonstop as they're throwing. And you're like, whoa, pump the brakes. And one things I've always, one of the things I always loved working with you is you're really simple. And the main thing we changed um, for me was just the intent behind the fastballs. Because you said, like, right after the first one, like, hey, like, what are we trying to do with this? And you said, just try to backspin it through. And then can you elaborate more on the uh, – you told me about the – comparison you make about call of duty because you work with a lot of the younger guys yeah yeah so can you explain what that is and what it means yeah so it's i i I thought about this when i was in the dominican actually so like if you watch like dominicans play cash dude it's 100 miles an hour (laughs) from the first pitch and it's just like if you're i hated playing cash like i don't mind it Mm -hmm. but like when until those guys like learn how to play catch it's literally like bullet after you're playing hockey at that point right um but the biggest thing is like, okay, like you watch a throwing program and it's like, especially once they get past 90 feet, it's kind of just like a coin flip. Like it's like 40 feet over a guy's head. Then they spike the next one. Then they throw the next one, like on a line to the chest. And it's like, where are you looking? Like, what are you trying to do with this? And it's like, I'm just throwing it. Okay. So, and Hey, you played call of duty before PUBG, whatever you want to call it. It's like, 
when you run into a house and you're up close and personal, right? And you got a shotgun, like, do you aim down sight? And they're like, no, I just pull the trigger. I'm like, okay. Yeah. If you got a guy 60 feet away and he's running in an opening and you got a rifle, what do you do? I'm just like, I shoot it. I go, cool. But what's the one button you press before? And all of them are like L2. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're aimed down sight, right? Like, yeah. And I'm like, what? Because you can't miss, can you? And it's like, well, no. And it's like, okay, think about it like that when you throw. If you're the shotgun and you're not focusing on a little point, it's going to be a spray and pray. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you got a decent delivery and a consistent arm release, a release point where, you know, you kind of know where the ball's going and it looks decent, or you're staring down a rifle. Like, right, you hear, always heard the term aim small, miss small. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, like growing up. And then the second I got around kids and like I told them that, I was like, oh, that's what it means. So that's kind of like the analogy of like, are you, do you want to be a shotgun or do you want to be a rifle? Like aim down your sight and pick a tiny little point. And more often than not, you're going to miss really close to that point. Yeah. That's, I feel like that, that little coaching cue is one of the, it's like one of the things that you get being a younger coach. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that you were the youngest coach in the organization. Is that right? Or when the, I was hired. Yeah. Now we got a couple. <laughs> you got a couple of young yeah, ones, but I've surpassed that. Is that is that dynamic interesting? Like working with guys that I mean, players that are older than you, or coaches that are way they've had like 10, 15 years yeah, in the organization. I mean, yeah, when I first got in, it was the other youngest pitching coach was the low A pitching coach at the time, who I actually worked with in rookie ball, and he was like fifteen years older than me. They're yeah, like 12, 15 years older than me, and at the time, like I was literally like there's maybe one other guy, but now it's like, it's probably, it's like a really big mix between really young. And then, you know, a couple older guys, Uh, the dynamics different. um, Cause when I got in it, it wasn't like, it was like a lot of questions off to the side of like trying to learn, trying to understand like the game at the professional level when I first got in, whereas now it's like, it's kind of flipped and now like I'm getting asked these questions and I'm like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm 29. I've had 40, <laughs> four or five years in the organization. Like I'm not, I'm not the guy, <laughs> which like, right. I have to be, but um, I think it's fun. Cause it, especially like a lot of the younger guys, I always put myself like when I'm like, guys, what a stupid question. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I was the one asking those stupid questions mm-hmm. like four years ago. So like I try to go back to like how I first felt when I got in. So it's pretty fun because a lot of these new guys are really smart, really creative ideas. So just understanding like that's the way that they're, especially when they come from a facility, like that's, they're thinking the way I used to think. Yeah. Except mine is a little bit more detailed down to like, okay, is this going to be productive in a game or not? Like the idea is great. Is it going to be productive in a game? When you, when you first started out, was there anything that jumped out at you where you were like, oh shit. And then now you're like, oh, that's normal. Um, I'd say probably like, again, I'm a simplistic person. I like to, not easy. I like to simplify everything Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you got to deliver it to a player. And most of them don't want to get into the depths. Like, they're just like, tell me what I need. Um, I would say that, like that aspect, when I first got in, it was like, okay, like I need to use big words. Like I need to explain it so thoroughly. And then I like, literally watched our old double a pitching coach and was just like the only place you need to throw your fastball is at the top of the zone it's the only place you need to throw it 
Yeah. And it's like, okay. And I was like, he didn't have to go into like X Woba Nitro. Like, this is what they do. He's like, just throw it there and you'll be fine. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's what I want to do. Like, that's that was probably the thing that freaked me out. It was like, I thought I was going to have to write a novel and like give a speech about every little thing. And now it's just like, no, like, if if they trust you, like the anything you tell them, they'll do. Yeah, well, that's that's freaking awesome. I think uh, I like how you mentioned how it was just like the only place you need to throw fastballs right there, because uh, I was watching a break. It was a breakdown of Shohei Otani and like his pitch usage, yeah. and it was talking about his fastballs. And they they recognized that on the Angels, the catcher wasn't setting up like outside or inside. He would just set up middle and let the pitch play wherever it went. Yep. But you know he's got freakishly good stuff so it's like it plays like it doesn't he's just trying to throw it and let it do its thing and you got to get the ball in the imaginary square any way you can so and that which is funny that's uh last year not this past season but the year before um one of our old he's an old big league coach is dealing with some stuff health-wise so he was in rookie ball with us and uh i had kind of mentioned to him like hey does anyone ever set up middle and pro ball Cause I'd always like the catcher's always yeah. moving. And I'm like, with all due respect, like, I don't think I, there's probably 5% of the big leagues where it's like, they throw it like in the intended area. So he just kind of stared at me and walked away. And I was like, okay, stupid question. Julio, like don't ever ask that again. And he brings me an article the next day. And he was just like, do it. And I was like, what is it? So it was uh Tampa Bay and Baltimore and how they've changed their whole persona. And it's like, they set up middle. So if like you watch a Tampa Bay big league game and uh, Baltimore, it's like 90% of their staff in the big leagues sets up down the middle. And I was just like, there's no way. Like it's the big leagues, right? Like right, everything right. gets hammered. Like there's just no way. So I started looking into it and I'm like, okay, like we're doing this. And even like, obviously Shohei has premium stuff. So I was like, okay. The pros and the cons for this, like cons, are, yeah, you're going to give up some damage probably because if you hit the middle of the zone, nobody wants to be in the middle of the zone. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. <clears throat> but if the average miss is six to eight inches and the plate's 17 inches wide, if I set up down the middle and I miss eight inches one way, I'm on the black. If I miss eight inches the other way, I'm on the black. I'm never in the heart of the zone, truth or truly in the heart of the zone. So I said, okay, like the only con would be like the guys without premium stuff are probably going to get hit pretty hard yeah it actually was the other way they didn't because they were they were generating strikes so anything that was close was in a shadow zone was getting called and or getting a swing at so what we learned was yeah they gave up some damage at times but over time once you collect enough data you can truly find a pocket of like where does this fastball play where does the breaking ball play? Where, so it gives you like a uh, a rounded picture of like, okay, if the guy has a ton of feel and can pound the zone and he doesn't have premium stuff, now I know where it can actually play for him to just continuously perform. Um, we did it in rookie ball. And then when I went to low A, I was kind of like, you know, first time out of full season. And I was kind of like, all right, like we got to perform. Maybe I can let guys move, you know, to the corners. And then I was just like, no, you know what? No. Like we did this all last year. It worked. Yeah. We're doing it again. And we're going to see if it works. 
and yeah, it worked again. It was like one of the best pitching staffs probably in the minor leagues. And uh, it was just fun to see because it was like, you could see guys are just like, I, like, I don't have to be scared of anybody. I'm like, yeah. especially nowadays, right? The the offense production has gone down some. So it's like, but there should be no need to ever be scared to be in the strike zone. Especially like if you've got premium. So if you're throwing fastballs 96 to 100, like with a slider, I'm like, there, there's no reason you need to be nitpicking. Like go at them. And like, that's the worst. I think that for me, that's the worst, worst thing for a hitter. It's like, when you know you always have to be on the offensive, you start becoming defensive because it's like, well, if I miss or I don't swing, I'm in a 0-2-1-2 count, a count that nobody wants to be in. Um, and then at that point, guys, especially throughout the year, it's like you, you started finding guys that just pounded the zone early and it was like, okay, you kind of know where it's going. So now let's go to halves and like, Oh, oh, it's still down the middle. And most of, you know, if you're a carry guy, you're going to throw the top of the zone. If you're a sinker guy, you're trying to get in on hands and down in the zone. It's like, oh, oh, middle. If you get strike one, you can move to a half. Because that was our rule. It's, uh, you had to stay middle until you got to oh two one two. That was like your pat on the butt. Like, okay, now you can go get some chase or yeah. get some swing and miss. And we still got swing and miss when we were setting up middle. So that's like a a huge piece of just like, trust it man like yeah let it eat you got to throw it in that invisible box like you said the easiest way to do that is to give yourself room for error right and then i get like the trust trusting it give yourself some credit hitters are a lot stupider than you might think oh, yeah. like i mean you you're around professional hitters oh, yeah. and i i owe my coach he always says like stop trying to make everything perfect He's like, dude, if you are catcher set up inside, you miss outside, calls it a strike. What does the hitter think? Oh, he's trying to go outside on me. And that's probably not the case. You were trying to go inside. You just missed your spot. But he doesn't know that. Like, 100%. dude, fucking send it, man. That's that's I'm telling you. That's what I, I watched hitters. It was it was comical this year because you'd see it sometimes. And it's like you get their doors blown off by like two fastballs. And it's like a third fastball, literally like middle, middle. And they like freeze. And I'm like, how do you like what? And like our pitchers walking around the mound, like, yeah. And I'm like, that's a terrible pick. That was terrible. You're like, you got lucky, man. Right when you let it go, I cringed. <laughs> but it was like they they overanalyze so much. And then stuff-wise, you can argue it all you want. I don't care what anybody says. Like a lot of these guys have better stuff than in the past. Um, I think overall, like guys back then still had nasty stuff, still threw 100. Um, I just think there's more of them now. And it's like – Pitchers are dumb too. Oh yeah. They make dumb mistakes all the time, but it's like at the end of the day, like you look at the numbers and it's like, anytime you're in an advantage count, the hitter has minimal to no chance. So at, at that point, it's like, it, I'd take my chances day in, day out. You can't defend the walk. That is one thing I'll always stay with uh, that I heard since I was a kid. So it's try, just trust down the middle, man. Like, yeah. and if you do hit it down the middle, like good for you, I guess, like you're really good at yeah. putting it where you want. But if you're that good, then you're moving the catcher around. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, uh, like a little side story, Jacob DeGrom, it's like big league camp. He's throwing his bullpens. And I'm like, okay, a catcher has set up in the same spot over and over, right? And it's fastball down and away. Like he does not move. He I Yeah. He doesn't throw it up. He doesn't throw it in. It's just like fastball down and away. Every, 30, 35 pitch 
bullpen and he's literally just trying to pepper it down and away. And I remember uh, our coordinator had Jack Leiter watching him and then he goes, Hey, like, you know, like when you try to go with a fastball to the top and like fastball in and Jacob was just cut him off. He goes, that's, I missed. It's like, well, what do you mean you missed? He goes, fastball, go upside down. That's the only thing I try to do. If it, if it misses to the top of the zone, if it goes to the top of the zone, I missed. If it goes in, I missed. And it was just like crazy to hear like, you know, one of the best pitchers right. probably of all time. And he's literally just like, his middle is down and away. Like that's the only place he tries to go to. And it's if, if he misses, he's fine with it. Yeah, that's Zach. Uh, I saw it was an interview with Zach Wheeler. And he was talking about when he was coming up with the Mets and he was working with DeGrom. They throw bullpens together. And he started doing that. He would start – that was the only spot he would try to throw to. Yep. And, I mean, Zach Wheeler, obviously, very good pitcher, yep. ace for the uh, the Phillies now. But, yeah, just – it's pretty cool. And you said Jack Leiter was watching him. Yeah. How How is he developing? Because I know he's caught a lot of flack yeah. on social media, but, like, whatever, dude. Who gives a shit? Social media. But uh, everyone was like – they were expecting more from him. But it's like, dude. He's a college guy. He gets in the pro ball and he sees some struggle. Like that's, that's how it happens, yes. you know? Yeah, dude. If you, I'm a firm believer. I'd rather have you fail in the, in the minor leagues and in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail in the big leagues. Everybody does. But I would rather have you go through it and get out of it where you know, okay, even if I get to the big leagues and this happens, I can get through it. He's just like any other kid, man. Like great kid, works his ass off. Um, he went straight from right the SEC to double A. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different cal. Like I understand people have given the comparison, like the SEC is comparable to double A. Like, I'm no, it's not. I'm sorry. No, it's not. Like those guys are a phone call away from playing. Yeah. Like, playing is it is SEC like the cream of the crop? 100 percent Is it comparable to probably high A, low A? Yeah. But like double A, you're talking about guys who are a call away they've seen the pro side most of them for a while now um they handle the strike zone disturbingly well um they're physically a little bit more mature uh they hit some balls pretty hard so i think for him it's just like finding who he is mm-hmm. um because obviously you, you get a lot of information in pro ball and all this stuff and it, he probably just got a little his mind got a little warped probably um, I wasn't with him, so I have no idea. But mine probably got a little bit warped um, with all the things being thrown at him and then not having success. It's not easy when your whole life you've probably yeah, shoved. dominated. Exactly. Um, I mean, if you watch his career in Vanderbilt, it's like, wow. Yeah. It's like, yes, I'm glad we took him. Yeah. Um, so it's I, I think it's just him finding his way. And I think he did uh, to have like right after the halfway point of the year. He strung together some pretty good outings, uh, worked on a lot of stuff with the double-A pitching coach and our coordinator. And um, obviously, he's all the fruits of that labor. But um, he's good, man. He's good. He learns. He wants it. It's You just got to give it time. Yeah. No, they don't – people people on social media, keyboard warriors, I call yeah. them. I mean, I, I have a decent social media presence, and I get fucking comments all the time about people saying stupid shit. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. That's but, I'm straight away from social media. Yeah, I have it, but I literally like I don't post. Exactly, I don't look at it. Like I, I don't care what. Yeah, but else. they they don't give him enough credit, especially when they're trying. He's like, dog, he's struggling in double A. What's gonna happen when he gets to the league? And you're like, dude, you guys have clearly not been around enough double A baseball because in Wichita we have the Wichita Wind Search, which is a double A affiliate of the Twins. Yep. And we went to a game. It was them versus the it was the Royals double A affiliate. Yep. I forgot I forgot the name of them, but. 
we're watching the guy for our team warm up and my teammates are like like he's got like a funky delivery um and i was like oh, okay and i look him up he's on the 40 man like he's put pl- he's played for the twins yeah. i'm like okay and he's throwing in his warm up he's probably throwing 86 87 and they're like hey he's not throwing hard like this is their, their guy gets out there first pitch is 97 mm-hmm. and it's like okay yeah and then we go down to the other bullpen we're watching the royals bullpen my my roommate's chirping one of the guys because he's just he's just on him just having a good time and he gets to warm up starts firing off bbs just literally first pitch like right off the throw and uh he goes out and i yell down you know they have track man in the bullpen so i go hey like how do you think uh, his name's will klein i don't know if you've heard of him mm-hmm. but he i go hey uh, how's will gonna throw and he goes, he's probably going to hit 100 a few times. First pitch, 99. Yeah. He just shoved for like three innings, just mm-hmm. 98, 99. And then named same guy after that, was throwing 98, 99. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, these guys are uh, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole minor league system as a whole, man. It's yeah. When you run out. And there's obviously some organizations that you could tell, like they've gone after a certain crop of guys. and But, yeah, you roll out there. I mean, when we face Tampa in the playoffs – um out in the minor leagues uh and it was like every guy that came out of their bullpen was like 97 plus and it's low weight right and it was just like nice it's like i because i stay away from the hitting side like i just kind of hang around the bat rack and just kind of watch um and it's like i'm like i look at our hitting coach and it's like you can see like a few guys coming up it's like what's he got it's like 97 to 100 like okay (laughs) And the next guy is like, what do you got? He was 97 to 100. And it's just like, yeah. And like, this is just low A. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, a, as you go up and the difference honestly is it's like how well they control the zone. That's the biggest key is like, it'll be 97 to 100, but it's like, you'll get a random spray here or there. They can't land the slider yet. Then you get to double A and it's like, they land the slider. And they throw the fastball to multiple parts of the zone. And you're just like, yeah, thank God I'm not a hitter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm I don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. Forget that, dude. Hearing some of the conversations of hitters in here, dude. Oh, they get so. And I, this is this is gonna sound dumb, but you know, you used you you raked yeah. for anyone that doesn't know Julio. <laughs> Julio can swing it. I'm and a we, BP warrior. He's a BP warrior. He's like me, BP warrior. But um, I'll I'll always get in like the cage with these guys, and they're like, oh, dude, like I'm trying to feel, get separated, and everything like that. And I always I just look at them, and I'm like why why are you thinking that well that's what i need to do i'm not doing it and i'm like dude you're not gonna have time to worry about that when you when you get in the box against a live arm because i and then they're, they're like oh, okay like they don't like give me the credit and i'm like dude i can get in the box right now give me five swings and i'll give you I, like i hit 106 exit velo off yeah. the like off the machine the other day i was like i can get you an exit velo above 98 like i don't think about it like you don't have time to like you just got to swing like find your pitch and hit it so that's that's the whole point of like the so we did it like on the flip side of that from the pitching side, like had a kid that was really good arm for us this year, starter. Um, and the one thing I always argued with him, it goes like, right, it's a seven day schedule in the minor league. So I was like, you have five days to worry about your delivery. When you touch the mound on your side day and when you touch the mound on game day, if I hear you say one thing about your delivery, I'm going to kill you. And he was always like, well, what do you like? Well, I was like, you train it all the time. Like when you get up here, it's kill mode. Like yeah. it's execute my pitch. That's that's the only thing you're worried about because you're not going to feel great every day. Your delivery is going to feel out of whack during the game. Find a way to make it function. 
Right. So that's hitters do it all the time, right? Oh, I got to feel this. I got to feel that. And I'm like, you got no chance. You're like, good that. luck. <laughs> like, because you got 98 coming. Like, it, with a slider and a changeup. Like, if you think you can be thinking about that, like, if you think the best hitters in the big leagues, like, no, they, again, simplicity. Can you simplify it to like, I've trained my body to do this over and over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let it do it. Now, what's my external, my internal cue or whatever? That's going to allow me to just lock in and focus on the one thing that matters, which is like hit the baseball. Yeah. Um, so when you get guys talking about that, it's just like, yeah, you got no chance. Yeah. Like, you got no chance. Well, the uh, the other day, like even on the pitching side. So the other day I had my bullpen I was throwing on Tuesday and it's like 80 percent effort. Like I'm literally just working on my pitches, especially off speed, just landing them for strikes and just the feel of them overall. Um, and I was like, hey, can you just take video from behind? So I, I just want to see the pitches, how they're coming out. And they're taking video of me from the side as well. I'm like, dude, I don't need that. And they're like, well, you don't want to see like your mechanics and stuff. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm getting ready for season. Like, I, It's the last thing, the last thing I want to worry about now, like, especially a month. Like, I mean, we got, we start February 1st. So I'm a, less a month before I'm on the mound throwing against another team. And the, what I've learned is there's like mechanical changes take months and months and months to fix so me worrying about this now like it's not going to do anything yeah. you know what i mean i can obviously i can give you give myself like plyos and stuff to like help pattern the right things yeah. but it's not going to change anything drastically yeah. like what i got is what i'm going to be ro- rolling with in season so i'd rather just focus on my mentality yeah. so and i know you were talking to will gross one of the left-handed pitchers that comes here he goes to uh, virginia commonwealth university you're talking to him about his bullpen and he was like getting super analytical about things he's like well i want this to be here and this to be here and you're like chill just relax like and that's my point it's like if you take it as that right you guys throw two bullpens a week like you have five days to worry about your delivery yeah the day of your game and like one go have fun because i think a lot of people lose that um but you just you just gotta go out and like be free and like trust that i train like again the old coordinator that always called it training mode like training mode is those five days like those two days that you touch your mound it's about executing and winning like plain and simple no if ands or buts because at the end of the day that's how you get to the big leagues and stay there so i think i think again and that's that little middle ground of like performance and development like if you're a starter you got those you got five days to develop and then the other two, it's like perform, like yeah. worry about performing. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. have that luxury. Nah. <laughs> bullpen, back in bullpen nah. guy. I got four. I got, I can pitch. Some, some weeks are a little crazy and we'll have like back-to-back midweek games, but yeah. most of the time it's four games a week. Yeah. And that's, and three of those games are back-to-back-to-back. So that's three days in a row where I can't worry about, oh, I struggled in this outing. Now I just got to fucking wash it and go on to the next one. And that, I think that's just something that you have to learn over time. And that goes ties in with like your mentality. Yeah. Like I remember when we were talking about, you were talking about will and like when you have like a consistent, we're talking about consistency and you were saying like, yeah, like, you know, when you have a consistent outing, like write down like what you felt, everything like that and try to replicate that so that you can just build that consistency. And then I, I chimed in and I go, yeah, man, I just try to go for the same mental state when I have success. And that's I, a huge piece, man. I'm telling yeah. you, it's a huge piece of you always hear guys like write down goals and I'm all for it. Like write down like what you want at the end of the season. But what happens to those goals? They go in a book, 
you put it to the side or you put it on your locker. You can't like, well, you know, I want to throw 30 innings. Well, you can't throw 30 innings week one. Mm -hmm. You're going to build up to 30 innings through the course of the season. So your goal isn't to throw 30 innings. If you can just say, if I can be like right as a coach, right? The biggest thing is trust. Like, do I trust you to go in the game? That's just the reality of it. Minor leagues is different. I don't care if I trust you or not. You're pitching. Like, yeah. It's your career. Like, at the end of the day, I'm not. you're not going to get handcuffed by a coach who's not going to allow you to pitch or going to pitch you minimally, and then you got no chance. Like, you're going to go throw. But in college especially, it's like, they got to win. So it's 54, 56 games, whatever it is. Every single win matters, uh, especially when you're talking about playoffs and all that stuff or going into the conference tournament. So they're going to throw the guys that they trust. The biggest thing is, can you be consistent every time? And then kind of piggyback and back to like when guys freak out about, oh, my delivery, my move, whatever. Take like a really good outing and take like a really bad outing. And when you compare those videos, more often than not, you're literally moving the same. So then what's the other piece that's off? Your head. Your, your head, your execution wasn't there. Maybe they got lucky a few times. Like it yeah. is what it is. Um, but it's that's the biggest thing. It's like a put together consistent performances or the consist the same guy every time he's on the mound. Like you know he's gonna throw strikes, you know he's gonna compete, he's gonna do this and that. Um, and more often than not, they're gonna be like, Yeah, I trust him. Like mm. Camacho, obviously, you know Camacho. Like his freshman year in college, he got absolute like obviously we were both in the same class and he just got bamboozled. Like everything he threw got hit hard. And I was like, how is he always still pitching? Like he's still in the starting rotation, so doesn't make any sense. And he gives up like six runs a game. And they're just like, he throws strikes. Yeah. Like the stuff will eventually get there, but we know what we're gonna get. And it took me the longest time to understand that. It was just like, oh, because obviously the next three years he doesn't lose a game in college and gets drafted or signs with the Oakland, signs with Oakland A's and all this stuff. And I was like, they're going to trust the guy who's going to throw the ball in that little imaginary zone because mm-hmm. uh, you can work with that. Yeah. But it's tough to work with the guy who's kind of spraying it. Then he's a mental head case and everything's about his delivery and everything's about like his pitch shape. And it's like, <laughs> like, you just hey, like hey. and you will did it the other day in the bullpen like he talked about like six things and i was like i'm not talking about that like, <laughs> i'm not talking about that like you can only focus on one thing at once man. i don't care that your velo's 86 in the bullpen like you threw it in the other batter's box and it's a heater like that's a problem like you got to worry about that um but yeah it's the again play the game it's seven days a week relievers right. a little tougher but five days you can focus on all those things mm-hmm. The other two, go get them. Yeah, well, when we were talking, you mentioned something about how they run, like, the pitching staff. At least, I don't know if it was low A or just, like, the higher levels of minor leagues going into um, MLB. And you were saying how the main question that pitching coaches and coordinators ask is, can he cover? Can you, can you elaborate on what covering means and, like, what they are looking for when they say that? Yeah, it's like, so that was one of the things I always ask. Like, what, what does a big league pitching coach, like, ask? Because right in the big leagues, it's like, for the most part, just depending on how the organization functions, like, the coaching staff has a pretty decent say into, like, who's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the front office and all that's part of it. But, like, it's like, either you want him or you don't. Like, is he going to help us win a game or not? Um, and the, the two questions I, like, constantly heard was, like, can you control the running game? 
or the three questions like can he control the running game can he get his ass kicked and handle it and can he cover his innings and i was like cover his innings and they're like yeah if you're slated to go two innings and you can't get out of your first inning, and you've like consistently shown that like that destroys your bullpen how you operate it the guys were supposed to have an off day that now don't have an off day um coverage for because that it's a trickle down effect. Like, right. If, if it ruins one day, it's going to ruin potentially the next two to three, unless a starter has like a eight inning outing, and you know, you get guys that can go deep. So that's the big, the big piece um, of covering your innings. It's like, can you go give up three runs, but still stay below the thirty pitch count, not walk anybody, and still give us a chance? Like, and I didn't. Right when I was in rookie ball in Dominican, like it's scripted as scripted can get. Like these three or four arms are throwing a day, and you got an emergency guy, and for the most part, it works out. Once you get into like the affiliates, it's like okay, these are your starters, this is your bullpen, manage it. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is call your coordinator or your farm director, and it's like, I need an arm. Yeah. Because then it's like, dude, I I got to send you an arm every week. Like, what are you doing with your bullpen? Um. So it's like, yeah, the covering your innings part, like especially in the in the minor league side, right, where winning's kind of it's not the end all be all like the big leagues. It's like, dude, can you cover your innings so we can get through games so guys can get their work in, right? Because mm-hmm. if I'm trying to work on something, if we're trying to work on a new slider, but I can't give you a day off because someone two days ago didn't cover or two guys didn't cover, like I can't work on, I can't work with you now on that because right. I got to just make sure you're fresh enough for the game. Uh-huh. So that's the huge, it's a huge factor, man. It's yeah. a huge factor. One, one actually a funny story from this past season is we had something like that happen where we played a midweek against like an NAIA school and our coach, it was supposed to be, he he wanted to give everyone that like plays on the weekends a day off. So like all the pitchers that usually throw on the weekends were out not not throwing so we had a lot of fresh like red like freshmen stuff like that younger guys were supposed to throw and we're playing this it was a crappy nai school not gonna lie and four innings into the game we're losing like eight to one Mm -hmm. and our coach is just losing his mind and then finally he goes you know what fuck it you guys don't deserve a day off he's like everyone get back in there like he put he subbed everybody out like put in all the starters and then I find myself closing the game at the end and he just ripped us in the pen. Like he ripped it. It was just like all the other pitchers that threw that haven't really thrown a lot in the year. He was like, guys, he said, look, I understand it. Okay. You guys haven't got a chance to play in games before, but you guys have been grinding. You've been doing live, live ABs every week, shit like that. He's like, I expected more out of you. He's like, I expected you to step up and actually give our guys a day off that they deserve because they've been playing well. And he's like, and I couldn't get that from you. So and he was he was livid, but it was and I hey sure same thing. It's uh it's funny to know that the same thing happens in pro ball. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's uh that's always like the biggest thing too. Like when a new guy gets called up and it's their first time in an affiliate, it's like okay, like I'm not worried about anything else other than like just can he get through the first inning? Mm-hmm. Like can he? Because it's you're in the stadium now, you got some fans and like depending when they get called up, like you're playing in some bigger parks where like, especially when you get called up on like a Thursday and you got to pitch on Friday or Saturday and it's a packed house and you went from playing with no fans and a backfield to fans. And it's like your first true experience of it. It's like, how can I get you through the first inning, or how can I get you through your one inning of work? Cause it, you see it. It's like 
a deer in headlights look it's like blood's pumping like you know adrenaline's there and it's like okay but we still got three hours to the game like i'm gonna slow you down a little bit yeah like let's talk about your family let's talk about your girlfriend um let's play a video game like i don't care um but yeah it's like you can get them through the first generally it works out after that but that was like the biggest thing it's like when a guy got called up it was like okay let's slow it down <laughs> like what are you trying to like because <laughs> they're just all oh, yeah you go into like the scouting meeting or like the advanced meetings and um you sit down right with the catcher starter manager pitching coach and it's like all right like i don't care what the game plan is against them like what do you do well man and obviously we send like reports and all that when guys get called up but just to hear them say it it's like what do you do well? How do you attack hitters? And you always see it. It's like, well, I just, whatever you want to call, call, I'll throw it. It's like, <laughs> it's not how this works. <laughs> Slow down, bro. Like, what do you like to do? Because at the end of the day, I want you to trust what you're doing. Like, because mm-hmm. you can say, oh, I trust the catcher. Like, come on, man. Like, every pitcher pitches. Like, you, you trust what you do. You know what you do. You know how you do it. I don't know the catcher. I don't know how he's calling the game. If I'm a sinker guy and he's calling pistols, like, what are we doing here? Like, it's not what I throw. But it's, uh, it's always funny to see that kind of deer in a headlight. Like, that was the first time I ever saw it. I was like, dude, what's your problem? Like, are you okay? Like, kids freaking out before the game. And it's like, okay, like, this is probably going to happen more than once. And it did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, how can I help him get through it? Because, um, again, if I need him to cover, right, if he right. gets called up and he doesn't get out of the first, I'm going to have to right after the game i'm gonna be on the phone like hey i need an arm because <laughs> like, i got nobody mm-hmm. um so that's a huge thing man covering innings is a it's a big thing yeah do they i wanted to ask you about like do they keep you because you know you've been a pitching coordinator with the rangers for the last four or five pitching years coach. or pitching coach sorry for the rangers for the last four years so are you do they try to keep you with the same group of guys that you started with or is it just they just throw you wherever they need you. It just depends, man. I, um, I think a lot of organizations are starting to do that because mm-hmm. they like it, right? You get familiarity, guys get comfortable, they trust the coach. Um, so if there's space to move you, you go with them. I've been fortunate enough, right, the Dominican, and then I went with that whole crop to Arizona, and then I went with the whole Arizona crop to Loe. Um, I think they try to. Um, for the most part, but I mean, if there's an opportunity and they deem that you're fit for it and they really want you there, you're going to go at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But if they can move you up with them, they will. Yeah. It's, it just, especially if it works and it's a, it's a unit that knows how to function with each other that like you, you skip a whole part of the process of the development phase, right. Which is like getting comfortable with your pitching coach, like asking questions. Do I really like this guy or not? Um, does he know what he's talking about or not? And it's like, if you can avoid that part of it, right. Cause it, you could admit, let's say you like love me as a pitching coach. And then you go to another guy, he thinks way different or speaks way different. And now your development's hindered because you can't communicate with him. You guys can't get on the same page, even though he wants, he has the best intentions for you. You're losing a year. Mm-hmm. So I think nowadays or if it works, they try to get you to move with them. Yeah. If there's space as well, too. Like yeah, this. so it's relying on the rest of the system and how yeah. – because I know you were, you were mentioned that they uh, – you guys had some, like, coaches that had to leave and stuff like that, so they had to plug certain guys in certain situations, and that affected 
everything yeah as an organization yeah i mean it's part of it every organization goes through it especially like the good ones like you're going to get pitching coaches that are going to get pulled from a you know going to get hired away from somebody else going to get promoted Mm -hmm. from somebody else um maybe they go to college i mean there's a lot of different factors so you got to just play it like yeah it's a never-ending chess puzzle man gotcha dude i want to so this is going to be inside scoop for any Rangers fans out here, but who are there any guys that you've been working with, like in low A or even in instructs that you're like, Oh dude, they're damn near big league ready. Like they, I might see, you might see them in the next year, two years, and they might make an impact right off the bat. Craziest thing. I don't know if anyone's ever big league ready. Okay. I, I mean, again, I, we had an unbelievable staff in low A and I'm, I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to pitch for a long time. You truly never know. Um, right. Because that, for whatever reason, they can call up somebody. Like, we have guys that, like, hey, he's going to go to high A for, you know, one outing, and then, you know, he'll be back. I never see him again, and he's in double A in a month. It's like, what just happened? Um, and obviously, the front office has a huge deal in that, right? They have their own system for – evaluating the players and like when they need to get called up when they don't um are there guys that have big league stuff yeah everywhere are they big league ready you don't know until you don't they know get that call yeah. until they pitch gotcha and that was the one thing i was like oh, what do you mean this guy could be in the big leagues like this year he's got nasty stuff and it's well until he goes until he gets the call you have no idea mm-hmm. so do I think we have guys that are going to pitch a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Probably, honestly, like half my staff, about three quarters of my staff, I'm like, they're going to be around for a long time, whether it's with us or somebody else. But are they ready? I don't know. Don't know until they, know. it's, it's <laughs> have you seen that movie Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the theory will only take us so far. <laughs> it's the same thing. You can say it, you can think it until they, until they get that call and you give them the ball. Right. You have no clue. Oh, dude. I love, I, I just, it cracks me up seeing guys on like whenever people get drafted and they're like, oh, dude, MLB is so bad just because the guys will get drafted and then you won't see them for four years and then they'll come to the league. And pe- just people don't understand the skill gap between oh. the levels. It's like, dude, okay, you guys don't – obviously, they, just like the, the casual viewer. They're like, oh, man, I remember when that guy got drafted. He's barely making it to the league yeah. now. It's like, hey, dude. Like it's hard. It's, and it's ridiculous. It. Like, high school guys, I don't even think about them. I'm just like, yeah. Like what Jackson Holiday is doing, absurd. Oh, absurd. Never been never been done before. Absurd. Um, and even the college guys, like I don't think people understand. Like you go from a high school season that's – 30 games maybe mm-hmm. then let maybe let's say you go to college and the most you play is 70 right if you're talking about a team that's going to go to the college world series you bring them into the fold and it's like okay like you're in pro ball now you got 140 games i don't think people understand like the day in day out the freedom that they have that they probably have never had um the structure of it all and then like it's six months of just get up and work, mm-hmm. get up and work. You still got family, you still got girlfriends, kids, all these things that you have to factor in. So like a lot of the times, like they're ready. They're just not ready in terms of like the process yet. They've never like their bodies have never gone through that. And it was, it was actually funny to see this year. It was like, 
complex league, like you walk across the street, you're at the team village or where the guys stay, and you walk back across the street, you sleep in the same bed every night. You don't have to tr- you don't have to hit a bus for a uh, bus trip. Um, you don't have to sleep in a different bed. Um, like everything's catered to you. Mm-hmm. So like the first time they're out at an affiliate, it was pretty funny because it was like, you know, a month or two months in, it's like, okay, like your body's changing. Like, well, I've been eating a lot of McDonald's. <laughs> okay. Like you got a little bit of money now. You got some freedom. Like, right. Yeah, we can't do that. Um, so it's like teaching points of like making them understand like what a full season mm-hmm. truly is like. Um, and like the sacrifice and dedication that it takes. Like we used to do it. It was like, you know, guys would be like down and it's like, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't spoken to like my parents in like three or four days or a week. I'm like, well, why? Well, the days get so long and like, I just don't find time. It's like, no, you just haven't built a routine yet mm-hmm. of like what time you're going to wake up. Cause like, we don't do post game meetings. Like at least our staff did it. We just went over, we called it game review and we did it the next day. So it's like, once the game's over, like get out. Like yeah. the days are long, get out of here. Like go home, sleep, recover. But it was like guys would wake up at, you know, they get home and it's like, I I was a kid, I get it. I'm gonna play video games till three in the morning with my friends back home. And then I'm gonna wake up at noon and I'm gonna go to the ballpark. You know, the ballpark opens at noon. So like I'm gonna wake up at noon and just drive straight there. And then oh, I'm backed up on my, you know, mobility routine or whatever. I have weight room that day, and it's like well, you wonder why you've never called your parents. Like, you haven't built a routine. So, like, right. how about you get home, you play video games till midnight, you play an hour of video games, you go to sleep, you wake up by 9 or 10, you call your parents and do that every single day. And, like, we had one kid that was, like, he built out his routine. He was a really good pitcher for us and Puerto Rican kid. And, like, he built out his routine before spring training even ended. And he stuck to it all year. And, like, he – and it was cool to see because it was, like, he never had a lapse in terms of a day. Like he never had one day where he was just like, I'm out of it. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. It was like, he was so stuck to his plan and routine that he was able to go the whole year without any issues versus other guys. First time out, or they just got called up, whatever the case may be. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't find time to talk to my girlfriend and I don't have time to talk to so-and-so. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, that's part of it. Like, right. You got to figure out a way to. Um, and if that means sacrificing what you think you like to do, that's a huge piece. Yeah. No, I mean, I was talking one when I did the podcast with Joe. So he's, you know, thir- played 13 years MLB. That was one of the things he said was the importance of routine, just not only for like the physical state, but your mental state yeah. over time. Okay. He's like, dude, it's a long season. If you're constantly changing things and doing stuff differently he's like you're just gonna get drained so quick yeah, no chance. and you're gonna be like oh fuck like, i mean you hear stories of like big leaguers right that uh it's like uh, especially like relievers right mm-hmm. like oh this guy parties like crazy and like everywhere we go he goes out or he's doing this or he's doing that and it's like those guys fizzle out so quick because it's so long and it's tedious and it's hard that you start doing that stuff I'm, and no one's saying like you got to be like in a bubble 24 seven, mm-hmm. but find the guys that like, and it, it's just a reality, right? Like guys are going to go out. They're going to go to clubs. They're, it's just a reality. Like mm-hmm. the, when guys first got to me, it was like, listen, tell me, like you get, I don't care. Like you're grown men. You're not, but you're kind of grown men. Um, 
So I'm going to give you that freedom. I'm going to trust you. But if you, if it's a, if it's a Friday night, you pitch Thursday and the boys are going out and you want to go out and you're not feeling great on Saturday, tell me. Mm -hmm. So then we can kind of maneuver it and I can teach you like, especially in the minor leagues, like you don't throw back to back days for the most part until you get to double A, at least we don't. Um, so guess what? It, hey, instead of going out Friday, right? It's a teaching point. I know it's crazy <laughs> to think about that. Coach is talking about this, but like, you have to you have you, to factor it in. You pitch on Thursday, go out on Thursday if you're gonna do it. Yeah, and obviously be smart, Uber. Like, don't yeah. if you're underage, do not drink. But like, factor in, factor that in. Like, I pitch mm -hmm. Thursday, I might pitch Saturday again because I only threw an inning. Maybe I should probably not go out the day before. I'm probably going to be hot again, mm -hmm. which is funny too because it's like it happened like when we clinched uh, in the first round. So obviously, like big celebration, um, champagne, beer, all that. Most of the kids have never done anything like that. <laughs> so like the next day, it was like dragon ass again, and I'm like, I'm like, oh god, it's going to be one of those days. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah. You want like we had to celebrate last night all for it. This is going to be part of the big leagues because you're going to you're you don't know when you're going to pitch in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. right? If you're the hot hand, you're pitching three days in a row, two days in a row and you decide to go out. You have to be able to bounce back to figure out what you got to do to go perform. And I don't care what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you got to pound Pedialyte, if you got to drip drops, <laughs> if you got to eat like you got to go into the to the locker room in the fifth inning to like go get you going like whatever that is pre-workout whatever it is mm. figure out a way to do it and i, I love it because it's a huge learning point um we had a kid that actually he probably had his best outing and was throwing the hardest of the year like that day and he was just like after his first inning he kind of looked at me and was just like julio like I, i'm out of it right now and i was just like we'll be out of it every time you pitch because you're 95, <laughs> 96 right now and this is playing and he just started laughing. And I was like, you got one more inning. And he was just like, okay. Yeah. Like goes out and shoves again. And it was just like, he gets to like right after the game, he just beelines it like straight to mm -hmm. his room. And I well, was like, you know why is because like they've proven this. Like that's why a lot of guys that are, oh, let me, let me do a little disclaimer here. Don't, don't, please don't drink. If you're no. underage, everything like that, even if you are of age and you're trying to perform, it's not a good thing to do. But I know a lot of guys that drink a little bit before games because it takes their mental, it relaxes them, like and it takes their mind out of it. And they're more focused on not throwing up on the field. <laughs> they're able to perform because of that. Yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's hilarious to see. I, I saw it when I, when I was in college playing summer ball, like one of our closers, he got drafted uh, out of, he was like, we're in summer ball and he got drafted like on draft day or whatever. And yeah, it was like he was like, "Hey, see you guys!" Like, literally left the bullpen because he saw he got drafted. Um, but he was one of those. It was like a little shot before he went out, and I was like, as I got older, I'm like, okay, that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You have to find another way that's not going to put something like that in your body uh, to continuously perform. So, like, I understand you do it right now, and it works, but like, let's find a different outlet to kind of like take the edge off to kind of relax yeah. and like you see in the big leagues man like a lot of big league bullpens because those I, I think that's the most stressful position like you're coming in to save the game you're coming in to hold the lead um and you got forty thousand people screaming at the top of their lungs like hoping you fail like a lot of them have like rooms now in the bullpen where it's like 
go sleep like mm-hmm. go like lay down and watch i don't know south park for you know <laughs> something raunchy for like that's just gonna make you laugh and like yeah you know um to take the edge off because it's like you sit there for the nine innings man and like you're going with the ebbs and flows of the game like i i i was a huge factor of like you need to know the game you need to know the situation like for the most part like most of the guys know what situations are coming in mm-hmm. like be alert and aware an inning or two before but like we watch a lot of big league bullpens like they're watching but they're like looking this way they're spitting seeds they're talking smack like yeah because if you just if you're locked in for that long too you will wear yourself out like mm-hmm. it's mentally draining well, i mean even when we were at that when i was at that double a game going back to it my roommate's chirping the dude he was chirping right back like he was yeah. saying shit right back and the, like my roommate kind of caught him off guard at first but then he was like oh i'm just gonna go after this guy but he was he had a response for everything and then it's like oh he's just staying loose staying relaxed and then what happens he has to get hot and goes in and he fucking shoves and... the worst guy is like the one that and everyone's different right there's guys that can't handle that mm-hmm. But the worst one is like the guy that's like, if they can't handle it, but the other guy's doing something every single inning, it's like throwing a plyo every inning, doing, you know, doing bands every inning, like a shoulder tube, whatever it is. It's like, okay, like, I don't trust him to go in the game right now. Like, yeah. dude, slow your roll, relax. Like, at the end of the day, like, people look at it, it's like pressure situations. And I'm like, is it truly a pressure situation? Yeah. Like, again, there's fans, there's people screaming. It's a one nothing game. We want to, hold the shutout we want to hold the lead we want to win the game but ultimately you're just going to get three more outs and you've done it a million times so it's like how can you get into that mental state of like i don't need anything for me to go do what i've done my whole life yeah that's what guys find is like well it's tough and it's like it's tough because you make it tough is it tough yes i'm not disagreeing with that but how do you handle that situation it's like like they trust me to come in this situation because i'm really good to be in this situation like i'm just gonna do what i've always done like plain and simple like the, the game doesn't change it maybe gets a little bit louder right sure but that's it that's another big piece of a lot of the stuff that we do yeah i mean you're playing a game at the end of the day that's all it is man you don't don't make it harder than it already is it's the hardest game on earth for a reason and you just gotta relax and play i know one funny thing same double a wind surge are uh Someone in the athletic department, he works there and he uh, he's a clubby in the offseason. Like he just does it on the side because oh, yeah. he enjoys it. And he gave us a, we got a tour for this class he was teaching of the facility. And we go into this one room and he's like, yeah, this is our uh, it's supposed to be this room. But all the guys repurposed it as their video game room. And yeah. he's like, they all like they have like 10 monitors set up in here with PlayStations oh, yeah. <laughs> after the game. They all yeah. come in here and play. Yeah. It's funny, dude. It's they, part of it. Yeah. It's part of it. Do you guys have to – do you get a say in, like, in the front – office when you talk to the front office, do you be like, hey, I think we need th- this for our guys? Or you're like, hey, like, I noticed that they're constantly dealing with this issue. Can we get this for the facility or for the stadium? Or do they just – is that them mainly, them making those calls? Yeah, I mean, I just to be honest, like, they got everything they need, mm-hmm. I'd say, for the most part, uh, especially, like, some of these newer parks that are being built. Dude, it's like Taj Mahal's of like baseball. Like you, it's as close to the big leagues as you can get. Like they have, I don't think the guy ever, a guy would ever need of anything. Yeah. Um, like in Kinston, like oh, we're playing like an older minor league park. Like 
yeah, we don't have like some of the luxuries some of the other guys do, but like you see the kids, like they have like these little travel cases for like video games where it's like their PlayStation, it's connected to a monitor and like a zip, like it looks like a, it looks like a, like a mini little, uh, like suitcase. Yeah. And like, yeah, they just pop it open and I'm like, okay, like they're playing it in their locker. And I'm like, again, I don't care. Like, a, yeah, do whatever you got to do. But uh, for the most part, I don't think anybody needs anything. Mm-hmm. Like they have everything you could probably imagine right especially like training room wise like good god like i've never seen so many different modalities of things like they could do i'm like yeah i, I remember when it was just like ice tub ice tub, it. and like <laughs> here's some ibuprofen and some water like you'll be all right it's like get back out there yeah, you'll be have, fine like, you see guys like hooked up to like this huge puffy of the normatex the normatex and like they got them hooked on like every arm and like their neck i'm like this going on like <laughs> <laughs> they get soft tissue every single day. I'm like, this is this is insane. Like a little too much for me. I think uh oh my god, what's his name? Crook. Played for the Phillies a long time mm-hmm. ago. John it, Crook. Yeah, John Crook. He's talking to, he was walking him through the training room. He's like, Yeah, so this is where I used to sit. I'd have a, a case, I'd have three beers right here. Mm-hmm. My ashtray would be here. I'd sit there ripping yeah. cigs, putting them out <laughs> while I'm cracking beers. Yeah. And nowadays it's just like high end stuff in the yeah. training room. It's it, not stupid. Yeah. It's funny, like you walk out to like uh like you got early work with the guy or something and you're walking out it's literally like the whole locker room just looks like it's a mobility center like yoga like guys meditating guys i've been doing all these things and i'm like what is happening right now like we're not playing for another four or five hours like how much can you actually stretch (laughs) right you know what i'm saying but it's pretty cool to see like guys take that much initiative like into their careers so it's like as it was like back then or it's probably like more just like yeah whatever do whatever you want guys are like they get after every like mm-hmm. you never see someone not really working yeah so it's a good thing to have but i wanted to ask you last thing Dude. or one of the last things um the dynamic between the maddox brothers because oh god because <laughs> mike maddox is your guys' pitching coach at yeah. the level and greg is his little brother as he calls him little brother then he's usually around. What's that like? Being around one of the all-time great pitchers. It's, um, it's like as old school big league as you can imagine. Like if you ever watch like, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s and like people pitch and like, like, dang, I wonder what conversations are like. Like I'm not going to get into the weeds because, you know, yeah, it's some personal stuff. But uh, those guys are unbelievable, man. It's it's a different atmosphere it's a different level of conversation you talk about simplicity they keep it simple but i mean greg it's like I, he's just loving life man I, I think obviously post-career the career he had he's just he's just like oh, i just want to be around the guys like i don't really mm-hmm. care about anything else um except for pfps that's what he cares yeah, about <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit yeah <laughs> he loves him some pfps um but mike man it's unreal like uh Obviously, a lot of knowledge. Been in the game, pitching the big leagues. Has been a pitching coach in the big leagues for a long time, and he's uh, he gives you little bits and pieces to kind of take from um, as a young coach. You just kind of like be around and listen. Uh, very attentive. Like he's all detail oriented, especially with like times. Mm-hmm. Like God forbid you you make a group late during big league camp, like you're gonna hear about it, and you're probably gonna get taken off that group the next day. But uh, no, nah, it's a great dynamic, man. It's uh, obviously the guys like to be around them. Um, 
and they enjoy it. And then Greg, obviously, he just he's around for pretty much the spring training, and yeah, he's there every day. He never has a glove, but he has his fungo. He loves him. I mean, I little quick story. That's day one spring training. Like they're hitting like light flights just to, for the guys to kind of see like a right. ground ball. And Greg's hitting them, and he's like every now and then, like he has baseballs in his pockets. And like hitting soft life flights, and every now and then he's like, especially when like a big name like gets up in the line, he'll like magically like no one but like rip a little slighted and just hits a seed, and it's like it's day one of camp, man. Like what are you doing? And he's just like, what? You got a glove? Use it. And it's like okay, like old school, baby. Dude, it's it's it, he doesn't really he, he comes around the bullpens every now and uh-huh. then. But he's just like, give me the mini field and give me give me the PFPs. And, I mean, he's just hitting laser beams. And he's just like, it's not that hard to defend your position. And I was like. Hey, I mean, who who better to learn from than the 19-time gold glover? Yeah. <laughs> so. Dude, I'm being around there. It was like, like, I'm like, okay, like, what to expect? Like, be super serious. And it's like the complete opposite. It's like joking 24-7. Some jokes that we're going to keep we're gonna keep out of this but right it's uh those guys are just unbelievable man they're yeah. unbelievable oh dude it's always funny to me when you talk about just like dynamics between players and coaches and then even like us you know obviously right. i've worked with like i got to work with you through high school into the beginning of college um and it was just they'd be like oh what do you usually talk about with with julio dude sometimes not even baseball at all <laughs> Like everything else except baseball, and then especially when you throw Travis Fitta, he's the director <laughs> director of hitting over at Driveline in Arizona now. But uh, when you threw him in there too, oh my gosh, that, that was, was funny. It was a good combination. It's a... it was especially down there in Alabama. We had it was oh, the gosh. whole squad: Ethan, Will, oh, you, yeah. me, Travis. Oh yeah, all good, living in the same good memories, same little area. You want to know? You want to know my favorite? This is my favorite coaching thing you've ever done. With me, at least. And this is what back when I still used to hit. And I thought I was going to be a hitter in okay. college. And it was, we played at um the NAI there in, in Montgomery, Alabama. What's it? UAM or AUM? No, it starts with an F. Faulkner. Faulkner, yeah. We had like a little tournament there. And I hit, I had two at-bats. I got sawed off. First time seeing a live arm in like three months. I just get sawed off, little jam shots. And then... You like all the guys were like, I don't know, man. This swing's a little slow, and you're like, ah, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Next day, you're like, yo, just get get down a little bit earlier. All right, and first at bat, line driving to right. I'm like, okay, and then I come up the next next at bat, and I'm a left handed hitter, and you're at third base box, and I just remember you go, you just point to the right down right field, just in the air, home run, <laughs> just like that. And it's like, dude, simple. That's why yes. when I when I did coach, well, not say coach hitters, when I stood in the coach's box and like managed the game mm-hmm. or whatever, it was the funniest thing. I was like the three four hitters would always look at me like, "What?" Well, I just point up, point up the fence, hit it, hit it like, try to hit it out. I mean, you're you're seventeen, eighteen years old. I mean, go for it. Like you're yeah. committed. It don't matter. Like right, send it three mm-hmm. swings. Try to hit it out. Mm-hmm. And it was like guys would always like once they got to know me, they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." I'm like. I'm not gonna bun. I'm not like, dude, play, like, play the game. Yeah, but it was uh, guys, yeah, that was fun times. Yeah, not pitching only. I don't, I don't like hitters. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's Travis's uh, 
That's his. Yeah, he can have domain. That. I'm winning that battle ten out of ten. Times. Yeah, how's he doing? I haven't I haven't spoken to him in a while just because he's, he's good, been. Man. He's, yeah. he's enjoying driveline. He's uh, he's obviously in Arizona and with his wife, and they're loving it. She now works for driveline too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so that's fun. I don't know exactly what she does. I know she does something uh, in the front office for them, but they uh, they're loving it. He he likes it. It's different. It's and he always it was funny when we were living when we were working at TPI here and we were. Our, at our apartment we'd stay up to like two three in the morning every single night just like on the computer talking going mm-hmm. over different stuff and then i remember he was always like yeah like it'd be pretty sick to work at driveline and then obviously he goes to like ohio then the cub yeah um and then he's a, a set athlete and then when he finally got the call from driveline he called me as it was like christmas and i was like you finally got your dream buddy like go do it <laughs> oh dude that's awesome he's a great dude yeah I, I owe a lot to to you and him for my career just just in the early stages because that was the first time i really ended up like diving into pitching and actual like development over yeah. time you know back in those old school days prison, prison workouts but oh yeah <laughs> one tunnel lane one finally <laughs> oh yeah better. yeah i love it but uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up for today because I know you got to get you got your family man now. Yeah, you got a son and got wife, three year old. Yeah, how's he wife. doing? He's good. He's yeah. good. He was actually I was leaving this morning while he was sleeping, and he was just like, I hear him like as I'm walking out the door, like, "Where's dad?" And I was like, "Well, let me get out of here." <laughs> like, because if he sees me, that's gonna be a tantrum. Uh, Growing like a weed, dude. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, I'm gonna bring him around one of these days. Let him yeah, because I. I, I'm working a camp actually right now at the EPCC. Oh, okay. But if he uh, if he comes in here, it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to take him out. Like he would have to fall asleep for me to get mm-hmm. him to leave. It's baseball, golf, soccer. He is he's an athletic little kid. Oh, you love that. Yeah, That's, I'll take exactly. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's better better than a lot of other things kids are getting into these days. Yeah. But Julio, thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me.